I mean, you know, I love Meryl Streep. Like, I know people say that because she's like the greatest actress of all time. And like, but like, I like genuinely love her as an actress. And um, even like, even the films where people are like, oh, like whatever, she's just being Meryl in it. Like, I, I still think she's like putting in good performances. But in, and I, I love seeing her in this film as like the sort of like um, zippy, like romantic lead. But I just don't think her male co-stars are really up to her level. Um, and I think like Alec Baldwin, I mean, he, I think he's a, you know, he was great on 30 Rock. He was okay on SNL for like a season. Um, and like, of course, like his like eighties career, like he's, I mean, a good actor, but just n- never approaches anywhere near Meryl's craft. And Steve Martin, who I think could actually be pretty great uh, up against Meryl because he, I think Steve Martin's a pretty good actor as well. I just think he has such a like wet blanket of a character. Um, and like, I haven't seen this movie in a number of years, so maybe I'm just misremembering it, but I just remember being like... Meryl Streep is like literally holding this movie together and she's I mean like thankfully she's a fantastic actress that she can you know carry this movie completely but I've never really felt that like compelled by this romance. Welcome to another episode of a podcast directed by. So we're continuing with our month on Nancy Myers with the it, greatest month. Yes, yes, Mike. Just settle down, will you? Uh, today we are talking about it's complicated, starring Meryl Streep. Strangely enough, on the poster right underneath that name is Steve Martin, and then Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin not getting the respect he deserves in this movie. He's definitely the co-lead here. Uh, I don't think Steve Martin is quite uh, as important to the plot as Alec Baldwin. All right, Dave. Enough. Jeez, Steve Martin didn't make the poster, so now you gotta. <laughs> you don't. You have a problem with his placement on there? Like, hey, I, maybe Alec Baldwin wanted to be last, like you know, and Alec Baldwin. Maybe I think. Uh, I think Nancy Myers, when it turn when it comes to like on the poster, I think she goes to to your state of mind, which is like if you're not fucking in this movie, you don't. You don't. You don't get. You know. You don't get to be on the poster. That's because Steve Martin gets none. Sorry, that's Steve. a that's a great way to handle your marketing, I think. <laughs> See, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so this is a movie that, of course, like I, I just I knew by the title, but knew nothing else about it. Walking in, other than it's a Nancy Myers movie, um, and you know, saw the poster, so I knew that you know at some point Meryl Streep and Alec Baldwin are going to be in bed together. But that's about all I knew going into it. Did you see this movie when it was first released in two thousand nine? I have a complicated relationship with this one. Um, oh, oh, nice! A complicated relationship with it's complicated. Well done. That was not intentional, so strike that from the record. Um, <laughs> I have a long history with this movie without actually having seen it. I think more than once or twice. Uh, I remember this was the last thing I ever rented from. Uh, it was a Hollywood video that was close by to me. Uh, and at that point, uh, in the dark days where they're trying to compete with Netflix, they're just, they got rid of late fees. Like, I remember so that. You just, yeah. mm-hmm. So it was one of those things where I, I had, it's complicated. And then I get like a notice in the mail. Um, that's like, Hey, if you're not aware, don't know when you're stopping back by, but, uh, we're closing. So could you please like return anything? So I did, but, 
they like then tried to charge me late fees because like when they announced they were closing, they basically wanted everything back so they could, I guess, sell it off, ship as possible. So it's complicated again, something that I absolutely loathed because it was that one film that we had this previous agreement and now this like huge corporation that has failed in their failings is like trying to nickel and dime me for late fees on it's complicated. So I ended up buying it because <laughs> it was like <laughs> what they wanted to charge me late fees. It was cheaper since they were just doing a deep discount on everything they had just to buy it. Uh, but because of that, as much as I love Nancy Myers, uh, there's always this distaste with it. So it just sat on my shelf for years with the Hollywood video stickers on it. Uh, and I didn't get around to it until it wasn't for a podcast. It was uh, uh, international flight. And I'm like, you know what? Treat myself Comfort me with some Nancy Myers. Like basically, that was me making amends with this film. So like, this was it, your it was, Ireland trip. You were on your way to Ireland, and you're like, okay, okay, <laughs> it's time for so Meryl. It was a overnight flight, which was a mistake. So I've been up, and it was one of those things like I was desperate to sleep but couldn't fall asleep, and so I'm playing this, and it, it was like some sort of drug induced haze where it's like I remembered bits of this, but it's like <laughs> I knew even coming out of that, I'm like I'm gonna have to watch that again. Uh, because I don't think I had the full, you know, gist of it. So you start with this like hateful rant on Steve Martin. And the funny thing is, <laughs> which was not played at all. I just had the IMDb <laughs> up and I was like, wait a minute, that's strange. <laughs> what I remembered was not being able to place him exactly. I knew he was in it and he comes into this picture as part of this love triangle. But the movie is not really much of a love triangle. Like, yeah. he really, truly is a secondary presence. He's more of a threatening presence to Alec Baldwin. Right. Than, than actually, like, something where she's like, oh, do I go with him or go with that? Like, he is just, like, not even, and I'm try, not trying to knock him like you are, because I don't know you, your feelings on the man, but. No, I like Steve I Martin. Don't, he's great. <laughs> it's okay, comedy you know, genius. Like, yeah, he's great. I don't, uh, I really like L.A. Story. Do you like that one? Yeah, oh, I do. Know. Okay, really like that movie. You know, yep. say nice things about yep. the man. I don't. I do think that in some respects, and maybe this would be something people wouldn't like about the movie, that Nancy Myers is kind of using him as a prop. Uh, but it's mm-hmm. oftentimes we usually see women uh, as like you know the other woman or something with a philandering man as the prop. In this case, the philandering person is strangely Meryl Streep, who is not married, so she really has no like more reasons to like check herself. But being a Nancy Myers character, she feels terrible that she keeps doing these things that she thinks are awful. That I think most people would be like, you're fine. Do whatever you want. Have sex yeah. with who you want. You're not attached yet. Uh, but she's just not lived her life that way up to that point. So watching it this time, I would say – if I was recommending it, I would say if your favorite is – and I think it's yours, Something's Gotta Give. I feel like this one most closely aligns to that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's interesting, the Steve Martin character, despite the fact that he is used as a prop, as you would usually, I guess, in a lot of movies, use a younger woman. Um, mm-hmm. It's a remarkably chaste performance, despite that. Like, there is a sequence where Alec Baldwin says, like, oh, he's staring at your ass. And I think, really, that's the first moment where we kind of realize Steve Martin is actually into her on more than a friendship and a professional level is someone else saying it and even the end of the end of the movie nothing has really happened and in the middle he's basically saying like well if i'm going to be with someone i have to be sure that i'm not falling in love with someone who is basically who's going to be with anyone else like he's very it's a very monogamous 
uh, stand for Steve Martin's character. You which get is, the impression. I don't know if they mention how long he'd been married. Do you remember if they? I don't think they do, but I think you're meant to see that it's you know it's been a while. It doesn't feel like so it's, it's very traditional, maybe just right. domesticated guy, mm-hmm. where it's just like he's just used to like <laughs> a simple courtship and like oh right. we like to be together Respectful. and that's it. Yes. So given the title of the film and given that he has probably met someone that would fit that bill, but just at this. The, the time he comes in the picture, she decides to have an affair with her ex-husband, who is yeah. now married to Lake Bell, which is this is probably the least charming uh, character Lake Bell has ever played. Yes. I've seen her in thrillers, and she's been more charming than this. <laughs> she is uh, a little cold in this movie. This is a little calculating, just like, well, it's, you know, it's time for sex now, because I want to I'm kid. ovulating. Like, oh, wow. Sexy. <laughs> Jesus, it's a lot. And I, you know, earlier in this month, I mentioned that I think, uh, I think Nancy Myers is great at, you know, taking the personality that her actors have, the the things they're known for, and using them to great effect. Uh, And I think this is another example. I mean, you have, you know, as I'm sure our our expert on Nancy Myers, uh, Manish Mathura of it, Pod to BU. I can. We haven't done the interview yet at the time of this recording, but I'm almost sure the terms Queen Meryl. Uh, have come out of his mouth uh, at uh, at this point. Look at you no, moving I, the chess pieces around, trying to script like, "Hey, I, give me a look, line." This is, I guarantee it's going to happen. <laughs> this is, I have no doubt. Um, so you have her as the lead. You have the person. She's the person you're rooting for, um, even though she kind of slut shames herself uh, in this movie. I don't think the audience does. I think we're all kind of like fine with her doing whatever she wants. And then you have Alec Baldwin who in his younger years was very, he was was a sex symbol. Uh, If you're talking about like the period of time, right around like the hunt for red October um, and has been seen kind of as a Hollywood cad for years. So like she plays that up here and this is, you know, he's again, as you mentioned the comparisons to, uh, to your previous movie, you know, he of him with this younger woman. Um, (laughs) So you have, you know, this older male characters with younger women and through through the movie ends up you know finding love again uh with someone more age appropriate so you do you know so she's using her actors in in the best possible way and i kind of appreciate that i don't think enough directors kind of dive in to the fact that we are fame obsessed and we do know everything about these actors and sometimes we can't leave that at the door so nancy in this case is like well don't leave it at the door that's fine i'll use that yeah, you kind of. Uh, I think you were getting agitated with me on the as we were. You were you were attempting to wrap up the holiday episode, and I thought I was doing the teaser for this one by <laughs> uh, body shaming Alec Baldwin. <laughs> I guess is what you know. Like you're fat uh, shaming. Like, it seemed like your eyes were accusing me of that. And I'm like, that's first off, it's rare for. It just uh, came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting you to be so mean. Usually, that's what I. Do. It's not mean. Uh, I I was proud of the man because, um, in particular, with uh, you know performers anyone who's gonna be on screen but i also think with uh actors uh men are seen as like aging gracefully mm-hmm. like it's always it's usually about like uh you know women that have had plastic surgery like i know uh renee zellweger like caught flack about that like which just seems 
you know, it just seems to be like, uh, maybe she just looks different cause she's older or if she did, then who gives a fuck? Uh, right. there was that, um, there was that really terrible, uh, well, Megan Kelly's terrible anyway, but, uh, that, uh, interview she did with Jane Fonda where it's like oh. her and Robert Redford were promoting a movie together. And it's like, well, you got these great performers from like the sixties and they have this long history together. Um, so first question, uh, Tell me about your plastic surgery you've had, Jane Fonda. Uh, we seem to just be incredibly invasive when it comes to, uh, you know, especially female celebrities. I mean, celebrities in general, but the looks of women in particular. And, of course, having a woman write and direct this, uh, I thought it was cool of her. And it was cool of Alec Baldwin, who you set up as, like, previously a sex symbol, uh, that not only does – he gets shirtless at an older point in his life, but he like halfway apologizes to his ex-wife in this film, like put on some weight. Sorry, you know, I'm not so ugly me. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, but the funny thing is, like, yes, he is, you know, certainly like a bigger guy and paunchy. But even my wife was like, well, he just really like carries most of his weight, like, yeah. and it's got like a beer belly type thing. Yep. Um, I like that stuff because I do think that uh, I guess to to speak up for men, since I'm so like man hating on this series this month, is that I've always always taken issue with the male body uh, either having to be in this pristine like uh, firefighter action star like uh, like the uh, Momoa the Aquaman like mm-hmm. the this unhealthy like management of like how cut he is on that day dehydrated you know for that one right. shot. And then there was something or, relatively recently where Jason Momoa just looked like a normal, good-looking guy. He wasn't in action yes, star mode, and still it was a like, really looks like dude. shit, looks yeah. terrible. And I was like, "Are you kidding? I would, yes, I might murder someone to look like that." Yeah, because he's you know, he drank some water today. You know, he's, <laughs> he's, he's trying to live. Um, I, you know, I I think that we often don't see. Um, and I'm not uh, saying Meryl should have gone in the buff for this one because uh, Diane Keaton. Like we did hit that beat with yeah. uh, something that's got to give, uh, but we definitely don't see people of this age in the buff. And so Alec Baldwin going shirtless and then pointing out to the audience and this character, not what I once was. I apologize for it. It's, it is kind of interesting because it's like, why should we expect someone who's in their fifties right. to still be how they looked in their twenties? It, it's incredibly unhealthy, like the way, and it's only getting worse. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing I love, and this is something I texted you about after I saw this movie uh, it's that, you know, people get on Nancy Meyer's case about her sets and about these, you know, kitchens that are, you know, millions of dollars. You do in particular. You've, you've brought up, I don't know how many times on the show, Dave. Well, but I bring it, no, but I think it's good. I, 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 I think I said when we started this is it's great that you can actually see the money on the screen. I think it's fantastic. But a lot of, a lot of people are kind of negative about it. Like, oh, you know, real life doesn't look like that, blah, blah, blah. But all of her characters are very, very successful people. So I'm fine with it. And I love the fact that she has leaned into this even more as as her career has progressed. And in this, she makes it an honest-to-God plot point. It was the biggest fuck you to her critics that I could ever imagine. It's like... I want a better kitchen. Yeah. This kitchen, it's, it's already pretty amazing. Like, they've shown it in numerous scenes in the movie. And she's like, you know, I'd like to extend my house and uh, make the... Finally, finally get a good kitchen. And we're all looking around like, finally... Yours looks pretty great, and uh, okay. Uh, but I like that it, it is tied into her profession. You know, like it, yeah, it makes a lot like, of sense. So we actually do have like the one, I guess, purely romantic sequence between Meryl Streep and Steve Martin. Is that her sequence. place? Where, yeah, yeah. She she cooks for him, and so yeah, you see that's where she goes. You're like, okay, maybe at home, maybe that kitchen uh, doesn't really cut quite cut it for her. So I think I think it's fine. 
uh, you, you people uh, in the back, just pipe down with your kitchen <laughs> <Yes>. comments <laughs> on Nancy Myers. So I think this is a, a difficult premise, to say the least, when you have, you know, the divorced couple getting back together and then kind of where do you go from there once once it happens? So does this does this movie work for you? And I think it's hard not to compare this to something's got to give. I think given the director and and given the stars, like I think there's an easy comparison to be made. So do you feel like something's got to give? Do you think the history of that? Do you think that hurts? It's complicated at all, or are they separate enough that it's okay? Uh, I mean, this is the the version of something's got to give with baggage, right? Where it, it'll affect other people because uh, because we have. You know, the daughter in that film, uh, you you kind of point out that there's this awkward moment where she expresses to her mother like, hey, I didn't have sex with Jack Nicholson. So it's totally cool. Like, we're not, you know, like, <laughs> uh, like, yes, I was dating him. Uh, but uh, Amanda Peet, I believe, was the, the yeah. actress. I uh, was like, it's all good. You know, like nothing. There's no ties that bind there. Like, I'm encouraging it. Um, yeah, she's, you know, still close with her mom, but she's. Uh, the house, Dan Keaton seems to have a pretty good relationship with uh, her ex in this one. Uh, I think they treat it more like probably most people's experience with with a divorce, in particular in this situation where the the father goes to like start another family with a much younger woman. You have three kids. Um, I, I like that in execution. Uh, maybe it's just my hatred of like kids, even if they're like fully grown where I'm like, I, I did prefer something's got to give because the biggest issue I have with the film are the kids. Like, I feel like they just need to shut the fuck up. Like mm-hmm. since the, you know, we are like the youngest one, we're celebrating him graduating college. I'm like, this is not your concern. Like I could see, right. like I actually don't, I don't like in the film where Meryl Streep feels the need to apologize for like, um, her sexual encounters with their father. Like, and isn't like, that, aren't the kids the reasons they stay apart at the end of the movie where they're like, basically we're not ready for you to get back together. Like, fuck you kids. You're off in yeah. college and older. Live your yeah. life. Let if, if Meryl wants to be with Alec Baldwin, go for it. Have a good time. You're a grown ass woman. Your kids are out of the house. It's fine. Yeah. I really don't, don't like that. I, I, I like it. If you're just using it for pure comedy, where the the kids are the ones that fill us in on what would be kind of awkward exposition, uh, mm-hmm. where it's like, wow, you guys, you know, I've never seen you get along this well, or it's been years since you all even on this close to our speaking terms. That's fine, but yeah, them being like more so than even Steve Martin, the reasoning there, like, because I, I like the film better if Meryl Streep's like, uh, why why fall back into something that didn't work previously? Yeah, I think it's it. Baldwin's character is the one that says, like, you know, this is very, very French, very European of us. Like, of course, then he steps in it, I think, in the next sentence where it's like, you know, once I had an affair on you with a younger woman, now I'm having an affair with my older wife. And it's like, all right. Uh, well, not older. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I yeah. think I think your your point with the kids uh, is, is dead on correct, especially because the kid who's graduating – he, like there's a line where he's like basically like dad i don't remember you like it's just like you were like 12 <laughs> when we got divorced shut the fuck up <laughs> like i just you know and there's a lot of there's a lot of emotional manipulation there that i'm not a fan of but what i am a fan of and kind of the supporting character mvp here to me is john krasinski john krasinski is I great in this role there. fantastic i actually don't dig him i don't really? and it's nothing that he's doing i like well he's playing like Captain America of like husbands and in-laws 
of sorts yes. where he's like he's keeping all the secrets he's trying to like navigate the waters trying he's to be the only diplomatic. one of the kids who could shut up i like it <laughs> yeah yeah that's true uh my really my biggest distaste for it is watching this in the holiday back to back is like Nancy Myers, you had Krasinski and these small parts in two films. Yep. You can't like hook up with him again, which I know runs counter to why I said like get different actors, but it's like he would kill in this genre anyway. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And so yeah, I'm just I'm just wondering why that never because clearly they liked working, you know, with each other enough to where he does one scene in the holiday. It's like, hey, come back for more. Um yeah, I, I actually, but he's the guy that, in this weird sort of like screwball comedy premise, he's kind of in a different movie because he's the only one. Mm-hmm. I can see that, that. Yeah, like I mean, you see him tugging on his hair, and he's the one sort of not mugging for the camera, uh, but it's probably because he's the only one that sees all the connections. He's the only one that's aware of this is happening, and um, oh. I, I do like the scene with him and Meryl Streep where she like grabs his arm very forcefully. It's like, <laughs> what? How much do you know? <laughs> yeah. It's a great moment. But I think I've just realized why you don't like John Krasinski in this movie. Um, as we're talking, of course, I have IMDb up and it's going through the slideshow of pictures. And he is wearing basketball shorts in one scene. And I'll give you one guess at what college is on his basketball shorts. Oh, don't tell me it's Duke. It is. It is Duke. <laughs> that is the whitest thing that Nancy Myers has put in her films. <laughs> That's horrifying. <laughs> but I will say, I think, you know, no big surprise here, but I think Meryl Streep is great and she definitely carries this movie. There's one there's one sequence where I was like, OK, now now I'm in now I'm kind of convinced of this relationship. There is a moment right after Alec Baldwin leaves and she's like so entertained by him. And she even says to herself, like, kind of like, why am I laughing? Like, she's almost ashamed of of this flirtation, mm. and this attraction that's happening again, because as I'm watching and he's like coming back into the picture, I'm like. Other than that first night where they've been drinking a lot, I'm like, why are you putting up with this guy's bullshit? And she has the exact same thought in that sequence. Is it? And I think we've all been in relationships where you're like, I shouldn't be falling for this, but that person is really charming. And she plays it so, so well. I think Alec Baldwin is good here, uh, but I do think it's it's Meryl's movie for sure. It's definitely better punishment for uh, the flandering... Uh, cad as you called him earlier than like what jack nicholson gets and something's got to give which is <laughs> i think you sort of facetiously said like oh like he grew a beard so that's how you know <laughs> he's really he's really <laughs> he's having thinking some, about life <laughs> doubt yeah um it, and the, i love the moments with alec baldwin uh where he realizes what could have been what he left but i, I don't think it's I think for the most part, it's genuine because he does seem to be like a caring father. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, at least at this point in their life, seems to be, even before the sexual encounters with Meryl Streep, seems to respect her and like, mm-hmm. you know, praise her, like, you know, what she's done for the family. Like, you know, she, he was like, <laughs> I don't think he was quite like invisible, like his, I guess, 12 year old who's now a college grad. <laughs> but clearly he's saying like she had more influence and probably that was a good thing on the family. But the the moments where he's looking at like the golden years or the years where they're no longer like responsible for these like young people and he's got like a child like on his head, like hanging off the opposite. <laughs> it is the it is probably the, the clear statement you can make as a, a woman where uh, a man has left you for a younger woman and it's like, Okay, you want to reset the clock? You want to go back to those days? Like 
you know, going to uh, Disney World with a young kid and screaming and a mess. All right, you're gonna relive it again. And you know what? You're too you're too old and you're too tired to do that anymore. Like there's a there's a natural progress as humans yep. <laughs> that we accept. So I, I did like that. Like that that seems to be mostly what he's in love with is the idea of like being with an adult, exclusively an adult. Not that Lake Bell is like not intelligent, but just right. someone who's just gonna deal with adult things at this point in their lives. And it's, you know, it's interesting. You kind of talked about like, like Belle being probably the most unlikable she's ever been, which mm-hmm. I will not argue with. But I think there, there was one particular scene where I felt like, oh, Nancy Myers could have vilified her even more and chose not to. And it's, I think, I think Meryl Streep and Alec Baldwin are talking and she kind of tells him like, well, of course she wants kids. What did you expect? That you have to, that's what you have to deal with if you're going to be with a younger woman. Like that's the period in life that she's in. You know, mm-hmm. so the fact that she wants a kid, although it's used for humor here because her other kid is not terribly well behaved and the whole ovulation scene going on. Uh, I like the fact that, you know, that from a script perspective, it's like, yeah, but you can't you can't lay this all on her feet. You're the one who started a new marriage with a someone in her young 20s. Like, what did you expect her to do with her life? Yeah. the And I don't. Some of the sequences with, I guess, the, uh, you know, it's like this wine night or book club, like the, you know, the, whatever this, this hang that she has with this uh, other group of friends that knew them when they were married, Meryl Streep and Alec Baldwin's characters. Yeah, a lot of them sort of revel in her revenge that, <laughs> like, the woman that he cheated on her with, uh, now she's the other woman. Um, but I, I do wish that I saw a little bit more of Lake Bell before this period in her in her life because the, the film at least the case it presents is like wow that looks awful yeah she's really pretty that's about I don't know, it. dude yeah that's <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to be in your shoes Alec Baldwin um, because yeah that's as you said this too shall pass but just with the age discrepancy uh, it's probably not looking good for Mr. Baldwin I understand why he's standing on the lawn with tears in his eyes when he's, he's thinking of like having just like popcorn and all that great food that Meryl Streep Queen Meryl as Manish has been told that he has to say at some point uh, in this series I get it I get it um, but I don't think it ever veers too far into like man-hating territory either and it, where and it's it just, could it very yeah. easily could given given the plot dynamics here I also like you know, I'd kind of mentioned on a previous episode that not every one of her movies is going to have a stereotypical happy ending. Um, and I think this you know, is it. This will be one of them for sure. Yeah. I mean, she decides to kind of go her own separate ways from from her ex. And there may be something uh, with Steve Martin there, but nothing is set. It's just kind of like, no, it's time for me to live my life. And if it left me wondering from your perspective, what are you rooting for? In this movie, because I talked about at length on something's got to give that I am actively rooting for these two characters to be together. Are you rooting for her to to be with either of these men? Or are you just rooting for her to just kind of like go off on your own and live your best life? What's what's the happy ending? What's the best of all possible worlds here? Other than the rooting... kids leaving and like, well, not yeah. talking anymore. <laughs> That's uh, Jim from The Office. That's his problem now to, to manage those little hellions god the village of the damned all three of them in the bed like scolding their mom for like fucking like jesus christ uh no actually it's one of the rare um romantic comedies where everything that happens uh while it may think may make things uh increasingly problematic for the characters and i guess more humorous for us uh in the audience uh i'm like 
I'm totally cool with like every decision that she makes or, you know, if she wants to have sex without Baldwin, um, I, I might be a little, <laughs> normally I might be like, well, you are kind of doing something cruel to the Lake Bell character, but given the, the history where she was the other woman, I mean, turn about uh, his fair play is that, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, and, and also that's why I said like, you know, maybe it's a little bit unfair to the Lake Bell character where it's like, she is treating Alec Baldwin as just like a baby making device, at least at that point, right. Yeah. That, that particular point that we're checking in on them. Um, but as far as like from the Meryl Streep point of view here, you don't go on a date with Steve Martin. And I don't, I don't ever get like, you know, your issues that you had with Jack Black in the holiday. There's a little bit of that here for me with Steve Martin, where it's like, I don't know if this guy's like the one, you know, right. but it's just like, it's, it's nice. Like just see like basically get back on the horse and just like be a single woman again. It feels like she, I think she even says at some point, um, in this film, like, you know, is it the, it's with her, uh, therapist right like she's like am i like attracted to my ex because it's that caretaker in me like you know the empty nest where it's like now i can and he definitely is someone who needs it he like compliments her when she like takes the salt from him like there you are looking out for me again you know looking out for it like he he it's highly erotic the the sort of uh, mommy aspect that he has with her, as far as like just well, I mean, looking I think out for with his well Baldwin, like everything is sexually charged. Like every single scene he's in with her, like he is like laser focused on her. So everything he does, he's gonna find a way to make it sexually attractive to him. Like he's just like, yeah, take take away the salt. Like everything. Like those are moments in another movie that's like, oh god, will you stop nagging me? This is why we're not together anymore. And instead, in this movie, he finds like, it all hot. It's like, yeah, yeah I'm I... into this. <laughs> That is a good point, and I actually really do like that. I, I like how, for this being uh, an older couple, um, on screen at least, not necessarily like they're old in real life, but certainly for, for like Hollywood. a sex comedy. Yeah, yeah, definitely a sex comedy of sorts. I, I like uh, how ready to go uh, Alec Baldwin is. Um, and it feels different. Maybe it feels different with uh, Meryl Streep, and it feels a little different from Something's Guy Given that way. I think, <laughs> I think with Jack Nicholson... I just like take that for granted. I'm like, right. oh, he's always ready to fuck. Like, well, I think that's just Jack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I don't know. Like, it's on the on that particular spectrum. Like, I don't really have too many issues with the choices here. I do wish the kids were handled a little bit differently, just because I find it kind of obnoxious and annoying. But could also be accurate to how these fictional characters were raised too, and their expectations that are kind of sexist, like the things that they grumble about with their dad they expect of him and it, it kind of accept and allow as far as his transgressions. But their mom, it's like, you know, she's like some sort of saint. Like, how could she do this? So they don't, they, this is like just the beginnings of them, like treating her as like an actual human being, like right. a three dimensional human being. Yeah. And I think that's a, uh, that's probably an important message for, um, for women, I guess, like in Hollywood terms, like anyone over 30 to actually receive that you can, quote unquote make mistakes. I don't although I don't think she's made any horrific mistakes here. I mean you can you could reach and say, well, you know, the guy that she's having sex with is married to someone else, so she's a part of this kind of adultery or full or, you know, whatever. I've got but one big one. What's that? One big mistake. Um just in the Skype call like you and I do for these episodes and start another one. Oh. I mean we do it for recording reasons. That saves poor Steve Martin yeah. a lot of trauma. <laughs> the up close view. <laughs> Alec Baldwin's junk right there. I will say at least the man, he's very tan. You know, he's, yeah. 
you know, he's very hairy, but he's very tan. So I guess that, that helps. It's not all like, you know, pasty flesh up there, but, <laughs> and then, you know, he God, in that sequence. I forgot that he like redirects it like back onto it. Like, oh, I don't have a close up shot of like the, you know, the yeah. money <laughs> shot here of the goods. Well, uh, poor Steve Martin. The, you get the money shot of the, the backside too. Like it is. <laughs> I think that's does uh, not shy away from, uh, from that nudity and that's, that's definitely a callback to uh, that that Seinfeld episode that's like about good nudity and bad nudity and like <laughs> bending over to pick something up like <laughs> never good never good no matter who you yeah. are that's not a good look yep uh, justice for uh, Steve Martin you know <laughs> I know you and uh, Natasha who I shout out on our holiday episode uh, really into justice for Iris yes uh, Nancy Myers needs to if you do a quasi sequel go back to this Steve Martin character uh, on the prowl and. <laughs> Not on a computer ever, yes, ever again. Yes, he'll probably never, never use a computer again. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, Mike, as we kind of close out this episode and we'll head into one, just one more episode of of a Nancy Myers movie. Mm, where so I know, disappointing. It's, it's a tragedy. But where are you with with Nancy Myers now? I assume all of these are rewatches for you. You are the Nancy Myers super fan. So, has she grown in your estimation, or? Like, is, you know, do these movies hold up on rewatch? Uh, I think it kind of kind of came up. I, I don't have, you know, you've not sent me the tape yet on uh, what women want in our conversation. But we did kind of touch on how big financially that movie was, like, which was strange for, I mean, it's got a pretty simple and marketable hook uh, as far as a man hearing women's thoughts. Uh, but we were both lamenting. Like the a romantic comedy, like a, a two hander with uh, Mel Gibson, and Helen Hunt at the time, could be like that sort of event, sort of status film, or you know, not an event then, but it would be now. Um, strangely, even though you've you know uh, accused her uh, wrongheadedly of like not really shifting as far as too much in uh, content or tone, um, I think her films increasingly become. Uh, more like outliers to the product that we get on the big screen now. Yes. They be- they become more rare gems, and they that's not how they were released that way. It was oh, that's just a like, good oh, point. Uh, when when like you know what women want came out, like that was a standard thing you would see, mm-hmm. and now it yeah. feels like it's almost like the punk rock version of Hollywood. Like we're just gonna have <laughs> <Yes>. adults <laughs> and have romantic comedies. Like how dare you? And they have some problems. Yeah. Yeah. Some problems they don't conquer, they don't get over. You know, we don't have necessarily like a uh, Meryl like fixes everything by the end of this, but it, it was it was a good time, just that moment in her life. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think she's probably strangely grown in my estimation, and I was definitely high on her. I mean, it's the reason I agreed to do this podcast was so we could do a month on Nancy Myers. Yeah, we're done now, um, guys. We're closing it. I tell you what, months. everything else, I'm gonna, I'm going to be very negative, like going forward. You're going to hear a very different sounding mic because I've been on my best behavior to get this month, and now fuck everybody. <laughs> what uh, do I have to gain by forward. being nice now? That's uh, her daughter uh, made one film, so maybe. If, uh, she keeps cranking those out. I'll get a quasi sequel to this month. Um, but what I'm looking forward to, um, and I have seen the the intern, which is the the next film, is you know this this one's still dealing with with age, uh, certainly in the workplace. Because I do think that Nancy Myers probably writes from her particular perspective at that time. That project, I think she. I don't, and I could be totally wrong on this. I don't see her as like a Tarantino who has had like ideas for 20 years that he like sets aside and comes back to like Inglorious Bastards was like a long thing that he started in the nineties. Uh, I think the this last one was once upon a time in Hollywood, I think was like, I believe he's on the record saying he started like writing that like around when death proof released. Yep. So that's yep. fucking 12 years. 
Um, I, Someone's I, I been think... listening to interviews with him and Paul Thomas Anderson because that's that's. Did you I like that interview? That. No, I, I didn't... didn't. I was sure it was going to. I was like, this is going to be great. PGA yeah, and I... QT. Okay, let's go. And I was like, this well, is. I can do a better interview than this. Well, I, you know, Tarantino definitely will talk over people. Yes. Uh, but and I've heard Paul Thomas Anderson on a solo commentary track for Boogie Nights, maybe maybe my favorite commentary track of all time. And I think he's just become maybe less of an asshole. Like he just seems less domineering. You know, in interviews, uh, even when he's being interviewed, he just seems kind of a little more soft spoken and thoughtful, and kind of wanders. Well, he's married and, now. You know, he's happy. He's got like. 18 kids, I think, yeah. him and Maya Rudolph. So, He's yeah. probably just too tired to be domineering. Like, uh, Yeah, I was very disappointed in that interview. But um, I, I think that you're going to see some stuff that comes up, uh, in particular with age and aging uh, as she gets older. Uh, but she does double back at least a little bit where the De Niro character in the intern uh, is going to be the alien presence among all these young people. So that... I think I'm kind of interested on the rewatch for that one to see what Nancy Myers thinks of, was that 2015? Yep. That's correct. Even that's probably like, you know, generation too far now, four years later, as far as like young people at 2015. But yeah, we'll, we'll get some of those people that we despise, like the kids from it's complicated and played by the internet's most hated uh, actress Anne Hathaway, apparently. apparently for some reason, you know, I've always heard her reference that way, but I don't, I don't remember talking to one that's like, God, I hate her. Well, I, I don't know how good. she got that. You, you shouldn't talk to those people. That's so, true. But so like, is that off. a real thing or is that just like a fake thing that got trumped up by people on Twitter? I mean, it's, it's as real as anything else on the internet. You know, no matter what, you know, it's like the, uh, the Ray Romano thing. Like people on the internet hate Forrest Gump. Like they're going to hate anything. Like just, you know, put something in front of them. So find you. a reason. God, you're in full on Nancy Myers territory. You're going for to Ray Romano as your <laughs> voice of reason. <laughs> to be fair, that it's a Kamel Nanjiani joke. He probably wrote that joke, so that's you know a, a little more okay. modern. Getting so, a little hip, a little yeah, hipper here. Okay, now that he's good. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, now, now not so hip. Yeah. All right, now, God, just you just got to stop. Stop just, when you're all hip. All right, hey. okay, we're gonna stop now. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to uh, this episode. We will be back. Uh, to talk about The Intern. Uh, in the meantime, uh, if you'd like to hear more of us online, you can follow us on Twitter at DirectedByPod, or you can uh, you can support us on Patreon and get uh, all these interviews that we keep mentioning, including the one that you've uh, heard bits of on this episode with Manish Mathur of A Pod to Be You. Just go to patreon.com slash a podcast directed by, and we will talk to you next time.